to episode 5 of the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. I'm your host Dustin, and with us today, as always, we have with us... We have Apple. We are bringing you all the Batman Universe comic reviews and news for your enjoyment. So let's first off start off with a little bit of comic news. Not a whole lot to report, but one thing that did come out that needs to be announced is that according to the new solicitations for January, Batman and the Outsiders is not going to have an issue that month. It's going to be Batman and the Outsiders special. It looks like by the cover of that issue, the comic is going to be throwing some things around and having some new members and possibly having no Batman. And also, by the looks of the description for the comic, it also looks like Batman and the Outsiders will no longer be the title of the series after that special that's coming out in January of 2009. It's going to be entitled just The Outsiders, but it will continue the current run that they have with number 15. Yeah, that cover looked actually pretty nice, and it's got some clues in there, so if fans want to go out there and try to look at that picture and see what clues you find, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, we'll actually provide a link so that you can check that out, um, because the picture is worth seeing, so that you can get an idea of what we're talking about. It basically lays out some new members, some members that have just been introduced it lays out some members that have been around for a while, but pretty. it, it lays out like, some clues that could lead into some stuff that happens with R.I.P. So like I said, that's really the only comic news we have. Uh, moving on right along into book news. we got a couple trade paperbacks coming out in the next couple weeks. But the first one we actually have is uh, next week we've got, on the 29th, we've got the long-awaited Joker graphic novel that was written by Brian Azzaro and art by Lee Biahermo. Basically, the little solicitation for this one is in the all-new hardcover original graphic novel Joker, writer Brian Azzaro and artist Lee Biahermo, the creative team behind the acclaimed miniseries Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, shows an even darker and more disturbing side to the most dangerous man in Gotham, the Joker. After yet another stint in Arkham Asylum, the Joker finds his city divided among mobsters and costume villains. Not content to settle for a piece of the pie, the Joker vows to take back the whole damn enchilada by any means necessary. Look for appearances by a slew of Gotham's most wanted, including gritty tales on Two-Face, Riddler, Killer Croc, Penguin, Harley Quinn, and even Batman. Not since the killing joke have you seen such a powerful tale of the Joker. You won't want us this one. It's going to be 128 pages. It's going to be color, hardcover. It's going to be 19 Like I said, that's going to be available on the 29th. Ooh, and I definitely can't wait. Uh, we've seen some early art from the, the novel. They're basically taking Heath Ledger's. They're modeling the Joker off the Heath Ledger Joker that we all saw in The Dark Knight. And this is probably going to be a classic, and it's important that you probably pick this one up. Yeah, I mean, the way that the information's coming out about it, I guess the lowdown on it, man, it's, it makes me... It makes me excited for it. So I know fans, you know, they I know that there's the Joker fans out there that are much looking forward to this book also. So. All right, so also on October 29th, we've got Superman, Batman, The Search for Kryptonite. The solicitation for that one reads, The Epic Adventure from Superman, Batman number 44 through 49 by Michael Green and Mike Johnson, two of the writers of the hit TV series Heroes, is collected in hardcover. The world's finest team has a new mission, collect all kryptonite from across the globe, no matter who gets in their way. That's going to be 160 pages, color, softcover, 1999. Now, I'm not sure why that solicitation says 
collected in hardcover when it states it's going to be softcover, unless it's going to be available in both, which I haven't heard about, so... Yeah, I haven't heard about that either. The one thing that I have to say about this little run on Superman Batman is this is actually a pretty decent run, and the very last issue, the very last panels of the very last issue, they make it almost worth $19.99, what happens in the very last panels. I'm not going to ruin it for you, so go pick it up. Support your local comic shop. Alright, so on November 5th, we've got another one coming out called Nightwing Freefall. The solicitation for this one is writer Peter Tomasi's first tales of Nightwing are collected in this volume featuring issues number 140 through 146. When the bodies of fallen villains begin to disappear, Nightwing is drawn into a web of intrigue involving Talia al Ghul and the diabolical Dr. Creighton Kendall. This is going to be 168 pages, color soft cover, $17.99 US dollars. And like I said, that's going to be available November 5th. So that one might be worth picking up too. We know there are fans out there of Nightwing who will, who will pick this up. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them. Alright, so that's going to bring us right along into our f- comic reviews. The very first comic we're reviewing, as we told you in the last podcast, is Batgirl number 3. I know we haven't covered any of the other Batgirls. We want to make sure that you get your fix of all the Batman comics and make sure that you're keeping up with all the different things that are happening in the different Batman comics. So that's why we're making sure that we start off with Batgirl. Even though it's on number 3, we're going to tell you all about it. In Batgirl number 3 the very beginning, Batgirl and Mark find themselves held captive by Ravager, who is shocked when she hears that Kane and Slade are using Fino to create more soldiers. Ravager frees Batgirl and Mark and decide to combine together to go against Kane and Slade. Then they end up running in a couple of uh, Fino soldiers who end up tracking down their location thanks to the deceitful Hanemeyer. As a little side story, Nightwing travels to Platinum Flats to confront Barbara about erasing the Batcomputer's history for Cassandra. And then he warns Oracle, lives are at stakes because of what she's doing, so she needs to watch what she's doing. After an intense battle between the Fino soldiers, Batgirl, Mark, and Ravager, towards the end, Ravager and Batgirl have control of two while Mark took out one and tied her up. The two that they have control over, they decide they're not going to do anything that's going they're going to make sure that they interrogate them mark walks up and decides i'm going to kill these both kills them both and after they kill after she kills them they turn to see the one chick or that mark tied up for interrogation and she somehow disappeared they track her down to a gym where there's a ton of pheno soldiers ravager who said do you see kane or slade in there and she said no and then the very last panel you've got a slade sitting up on the rooftop looking over and then then the next issue is going to be called daddy issues so that's a clue in considering we've got kane and slade their daughters are basically going to be going against them okay i know that so far in these books if fans have been picking up i know they're finding it interesting the artwork is really good also yeah it's it reminds me a lot of actually the batgirl series that was out well ended a couple years ago it's very similar to what was done back then i like the issue i'm liking them right now so Moving right along, we're going to talk about Batman and the Outsiders number 11, part of uh, the RIP tie-in. So Apple's going to tell us about that. Okay. And uh, Batman and the Outsiders, what it finds is uh, uh, writer Frank Thierry and artist uh, Ryan Benjamin. In this issue, it, sh- it shows the Outsiders as if uh, what's happening right now, what's currently happening within RIP, of course, you know, where's Batman. So right off the bat, it has them spread out. What they're doing is they have different information from the RIP 
RRP uh, tie-in. So you can try to f- see where the writer is trying to put in and fix in and make it fit to where uh, Morrison's storyline fits within The Outsiders. The Outsiders is a very good book. If, if fans haven't been checking it out, it's actually a pretty good book. Of course, in the first part, you're going to find Green Arrow. He, uh, he interacts with the Superman, and of course, he tells him that, you know, Batman's gone, and it's it's really, he's like really gone this time. He leads him down into the back caves and shows him how, how destructive, I mean, how uh, it destroyed it was. And so that was a, a concern for him. What you then find is the other members of Outsiders. You have Batgirl beating up Penguin, which is actually pretty cool. It's about a four to five pages in here where she's beating up the penguin you know one trying to find out you know where's where's batman and stuff but uh he's really not the one at fault however she does interact with the uh, johnny stitches in here and i do like johnny stitches he, he he's like an up-and-comer so for fans you know John, johnny stitches is in here and he's like an up and one of those villains that is really starting to make a real name for himself within the Batman universe. So, uh, of course, you know, Batman, he, he, he sees Batgirl, and he's trying to tell her, you know, yeah, you know, I want to talk to you. You know, come over here. You know, I won't bite or anything. She, of course, goes over there, and then she flips him over, and his bodyguards are really distracted, but he's just like, no, we're just talking. <laughs> so, that was that was pretty funny. And then what you have is, uh, in the next panels, uh, continuing on through the other Outsiders, they're at Ark aside all the uh all the villains that are locked up they're singing a song they're singing ding dong the witch is dead which old witch that bad son of a that's blocked out <laughs> and they're of course they're talking about batman and so metaphors and uh, grace are there they're seeing that doctor uh dr jeremiah arkham uh, was actually handed a uh, a picture within this picture was graystone and it says batman r.i.p of course uh, like we said it's doing the tie-in continuing on through the other uh, outsider members uh the bat signals looked over gotham city commissioner gordon's you know with his heads down of course waiting for batman he says you know oh you know i thought geo of course geoforce and katana come answer his call he's expecting batman but <laughs> it's not batman so and they have a little panel with Nightwing at the bottom beating up some thugs. Uh, I, I didn't really see why they put that in there, but Nightwing, <laughs> Nightwing's in there fighting. Of course, it leads to an interaction with, between Thunder and Black Lightning. They're talking about, um, you know, well, you know, Batman's missing, you know, but, you know, he could take care of himself. He's Batman. When we come to the, ba- the end of the book, they're all gathered together wondering where Batman is. At the end, when they're all discussing about the scenarios, Thunder comes in and says, come, you know, come quick, you're not going to believe this. And it says, good, you're all here. I wish there was more time to explain myself, but there isn't. And really, there are only two things you need to know right now anyway. First, I want you to know there is a reason why I've had to do things this way. And second, I'm going to need your help. And then it shows a big page just dedicated to Batman. The issue ends, of course, with Batman asking them for uh, for help. So that was issue 11 of Batman Outsiders. Now, for uh, comic fans who are collecting other issues, as we're going through these issues, we're finding out that uh, we're missing a lot. Now, there's some issues that Dustin is is getting, and there's issues I'm not uh, I'm not collecting as Dustin's are. Dustin's re- you know telling me about them, and gosh darn it i wish i i had some of these issues because now they sound like interesting stories i recommend fans pick up batman and the outsiders and the reason why is because the stories in the artwork are 
really well done. They're not they're not the best out there, but they're really well done. If you need your Batman fix and you sometimes want to step out of that that soul dedicated Batman book, give uh, Batman and the Outsiders a chance. I think you're gonna go ahead and really like it, guys. Yeah, and that brings us to another one that should really be one of the ones you should pick up, especially if you're a Joker fan. There's actually a couple comics in here that if you're a Joker fan, you really need to be picking up just because a lot of people don't realize that the Joker's in these because they don't make a big deal about it. The next one we're covering is Birds of Prey number 122. And in Birds of Prey number 122, it starts off with Zatanna successfully removing the false memories planted in Manhunter's mind by the Visionary. But just as one fire is put out, another one is starting. Barbara hasn't heard from the calculator in several days, and her leads are beginning to dry up. Without warning, the Syndicate makes their move and sends scavenger troops to overtake the Platinum Flats police building. Um, skip ahead a little bit. You've got Barbara sends Zinda, Huntress, and... Infinity taking out these scavenger troops when they get kind of pinned down in a way where they're not really you don't know how they're going to get out and then all of a sudden Misfit appears basically to make a long story short to get to the point where I'm trying to make one of the scavenger troops put a tracker on Zinda's jacket during the fight and when they all go back to the Birds of Prey headquarters they realize that there's a tracker then all of a sudden at the last minute there's a cop car that sh that drives up in front of the quarters Oracle goes out in front of the goes to the front desk of the and in walks a police officer and she's making it you know she's thinking in her mind what excuses she can come up with for why there's a tracker and why the birds of prey could possibly be hiding here and this that and the other and then you come to find out that the person who's actually in the uniform is actually the Joker. He takes off the police hat and he says to her, Oh, I'm here to see the Oracle. Then it's basically reminiscent of a scene that we all know from the killing joke where the Joker comes in and then shoots Barbara Gordon and paralyzes her, confining her to that wheelchair. So I found this scene to be really good. And the next one is supposed to be... The next issue in this series is supposed to be the showdown between the Oracle and Joker. So that should be interesting. But that's something, if you're a real big Joker fan, that would be something to pick up just to check out that those last couple pages of that. It'd be worth it just for those pages. Alright, so that takes us into Robin 178. The, the cover tagline is, The End Draws Near. The title, it's uh, part two of life during wartime, where it continues the story of Robin dealing with the gang wars and trying to prevent them from happening. Robin has a little run-in with uh, a gang in the very beginning of the, the comic. He's trying to prevent the gang from making this boy join the gang, and then Ragman appears, and basically they have a little, not scuffle, I don't want to say scuffle, but they had a little bit of an argument where Ragman was basically saying, you know, it doesn't make more sense to let the boy join, because one way or the other, he's going to be in harm's way. Robin says that's never the answer. And then later in the comic, after Robin going to high school and basically saying that the high school looks like it's almost an armed fortress with all the police officers around preparing for the fact that there could be a breakout of the gang war within the school. Robin gets a text message saying that something's happening on TV. He watches TV and he sees that there's two detectives that have arrested Dublin. They're walking up police headquarters. Then you, they show the police headquarters, the two detectives talking to Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon saying, why would you do that? Why are you trying to get all this press? Then to move along, Robin ends up bumping into Ragman again at some point. Then we finally find out at the very end of the issue who Spoiler's been talking to all this time in the last couple issues. She has been talking to... Many of you may not know this person. Um, we will cover this person at some point during an upcoming normal podcast for the Spotlight character. But many of you probably don't know this character. She's actually 
actually been talking to Ulysses Armstrong, better known as the General, who hasn't been around for a very, very long period of time. Hmm. And he's been the one, like, kind of manipulating her and saying, hey, this is how this has got to be. And he's got this theory of how everything will work out with the, the gang wars that he's been kind of orchestrating from the sidelines. And she basically says to him, well, you know, uh, I, I seem to have this problem with Robin. How are you going to help me out? And he says, well, here's the problem. You might have a problem with a Robin, but I've got another problem with a different Robin, which is the red Robin that appears just in the nick of time at one point to save Robin during this comic. At the very the very last page, it basically shows him saying that his, his last line is, I'm going to have to spoil your little plans. And has a gun and it shoots right towards spoilers direction what's interesting is the next issue is actually going to be the little part at the very end of the comic says the new links debuts and tim gets help from red robin which for some reason has been happening very often in these last couple issues red robin's been appearing a lot more but the new links appears so it's interesting how they're kind of bringing some of the characters that haven't been around for a while into the mix during this whole gang war situation and it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And what are your what are your thoughts on the Red Robin death? I I have no idea. At one point, I know in the comics, uh, Robin got a hold of Donna Troy and was asking Donna Troy the history of the Red Robin suit. She said that Jason Todd was while he was going through a rough time in the alternate universe. He wore the uniform, but when he came back to this universe, he threw it out, and now somebody's got a hold of it. I don't... I, we know it's not Jason Todd, because Jason Todd has showed up the same time as this Red Robin. I think whenever we find out whoever this Red Robin is, I think we're going to be really, really surprised. Yeah, and that, that just... That alone makes you just want to read the books alone. And this is a this this is a very good book. I don't agree with a lot of the reviews out there that is a very contradictive of itself. Um, so for fans that if you're not collecting the comic books and you're going on the comic cast to see what you should pick up, don't don't always go by reviews of what you read on sites because this comic book is very is very well written and it's it's a fun book. So I I, I disagree with some of the reviews out there about. Yeah, some of the reviews that I read on this comic online really hammered the comic for the fact that it, it because it takes place after the R.A.P. storyline, but it's happening now in the comics, it's kind of giving away some spoilers that you may not, you may assume are one way, but because the R.A.P. storyline hasn't run its course yet, you don't know. For instance, Alfred appears in this comic so that you know Alfred's not dead, as some people have been thinking since we last saw Alfred getting the real crap kicked out of him you know a while back a lot of people are like oh well it's spoiling certain aspects and it's not really there's i mean you know that batman's not around you can tell that by reading the comics you know that nightwing and robin as well as various other superheroes throughout gotham are trying to help out the fact that batman's not around and a lot of things are escalating a lot more than normal because batman's not around and everyone knows batman's not around Right. So I think the reviews that you read online for this comic, like Apple said, don't take what they say in these reviews completely to heart. They're factoring in that Robin is part of the Batman universe and that it somehow has very little ties back to R.I.P. And that's why they're saying it's not that great of a story because they're comparing it to the work that Grant Morrison's doing for Batman R.I.P. instead of leaving it alone as its own book, as a fallout of what Robin would have to deal with, which is in this comic and the last one a very good story. Alright, so that's going to bring us over to All-Star Batman Robin number 10, which we all know was the giant controversy of last month. So Apple's going to tell us all about that one. 
Yes. Okay, so now we come to the legendary Frank Miller and the great Jim Lee. All-Star Batman and Robin, continuing this uh, issue in issue 10. Uh, it starts off as reading it. You, it I thought it was going to start off really well as getting inside Jim Gordon's head. Um of course, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, he talks about uh, comparing Superman to Gotham City's Batman. He talks about the early years when he was a beat cop uh, in Chicago, then coming to Gotham City and talking about his life, of course, being married to Barbara, which leads into uh, Catwoman looking really beat up. And, you know, of course, you know, there's a street beat cop coming and, you know, she tells him, you know, I don't, I don't need any help. You know, I don't need squat from you. Just give this to Batman. He, she take. I mean, he takes the the little cardboard piece of uh, paper and going to give it to Batman. He then gives it to Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon, of course, wants to go ahead and just you know get rid of it. He's like, he goes, it has, you know, there's nothing for uh, uh, nothing of importance of it. You know, just you know, one loot and taking and tights writing to another, and he tosses it off a pier. Uh, Batman, you know, of course, this message is very important to Batman. Because Catwoman wrote it. Of course, he's going back to the car. He uh, gets information about Barbara. She's like a drunk right now, which is, you know, kind of Frank Miller-ish writing, where Commissioner Gordon's wife is a drunk. Batman and Robin, of course, race to the message that Catwoman left on the on the on the on the cardboard. So they're racing. Wonderful, wonderful panels drawn by uh, Jim Lee. And so in these panels, as they're going, you know, they get they get. To Catwoman. Catwoman is just bleeding everywhere. Uh, Batman gets to her and he tells her, Don't talk, baby, you're safe. And he's urging in his head, he's talking to himself, you know, you know, stay alive for me. It continues on. Robin calls the chopter to come in to help. Now we get to the controversy, the real controversy. Within this issue, you have Batgirl, which is, of course, Commissioner Gordon's little girl, she starts cussing up a storm. She is just, like, cussing everywhere, beating up these bad guys as she's on a on a skateboard. And Jim Lee, I mean, of course, Jim Lee is, you know, awesome. The pages are well done. The writing doesn't really go with the artwork, and this is what we've kind of discussed, where it's not fitting. It's not, it's not Jim Lee's artwork and Frank Miller are oil and water. And so the it's it's really not fitting within the panels. Of course, bad girls beating up the guys. Uh, Black Canary then comes in. Black Canary, Commissioner Gordon, he's riding with his officer cop. You know, he's saying name one law that that woman isn't breaking. And, and uh, that was kind of kind of a funny part right there within the panels. Jim Gordon then uh, receives a call that his wife is face planted on concrete and she's being taken to the hospital. Bad girl, which leads to more cussing is actually getting mad at the cops saying, you know, what are you doing? Because the, the criminals, she's just beat up. The cops are coming in and, of course, they're making their arrest. They even catch her and make, she's arrested now. And so they take her in and Jim Gordon's at the hospital. He's trying to listen to the doctor about his wife, what's happening face first into concrete. So she doesn't look really too good. Uh, the doctor is explaining to uh, Commissioner Gordon that, you know, the importance of his wife, you know, um, and about detox for her. Meanwhile, this other officer is trying to interrupt him, telling him, your daughter needs to, to speak with you. And he's like, you know, shut up. I need to, you know, I'm talking to the doctor about my wife. And so uh, this goes on, and then the guy says, this is the only phone call your daughter's allowed to make. She only gets one phone call. And so after he's talking to the doctor, he was like, wait a minute, only one phone call? He goes, 
<laughs> what the hell happened? And then uh, he tells the guy to come back. Then finds out that, of course, his daughter's running around being bad girl, and she's telling him, you know, don't be, don't be nice. Or, I mean, don't, don't be leaning on me. Uh, you never tarnished your badge. Uh, it was, it was my fault. I dressed up. I dressed up like Batman. I thought he was cool, and she cussed in here towards her father in here but not towards him just she just cussed in here she she takes full you know blame full responsibility for what happened and of course she asks you know does mom know and he goes your mom's in a hospital <laughs> and then uh she tells him of course you know you should call sarah jim gordon then it passes where he's back at the hospital and then he calls Sarah and he he starts off. It's Jim. Sorry to to wake you up. Uh, no, nothing's wrong. Nothing like that. Really, my own life's the last thing I feel like jabbering about right now. Just tell me about your day. I just want to hear your voice. And so it just goes into a little bit of a dialogue describing Jim Gordon and his situation. Being a, a, a fan of Frank Miller, of course, his his early stuff, All Star Batman and Robin it is it is very hard to to read with Jim Lee illustrating. Maybe if, if Frank Miller was illustrating, we can kind of visualize what he's setting up. And Jim Lee, I mean, he's a he's a action-packed guy. He he likes to do these pages with a, a lot of detail, a lot of um, feeling in these characters. Frank Miller is a different type of artist, where he's more simple and not too. His artwork is not as direct like uh, Jim Lee. All Star Batman and Robin is pretty tough, but I mean, you have two of the great industries in their in their own right. Having them work together, it, it's really not working. But I, I mean, it's Jim Lee and it's Frank Miller, so we're still picking it up. <laughs> that is true. Like they said, the reason why this they keep you know allowing this weird combination of the two to get to go is because this is the number one seller for DC Comics. We as fans, as I know we mentioned when we talked about what's going on with Frank Miller's, uh, that feature that we did a couple episodes back for the normal cast, it's really because of us, the fans. We, we're we still going to pick it up, whether or not it's insane, completely over the top, we're still going to pick it up, just because you've got two greats working on something, or collaborating on something that no matter what, we're still going to pick it up. <laughs> Alright, so that's going to bring us into Gotham After Midnight, Batman Gotham After Midnight number 5. Um, this issue is kind of interesting. Um, this is another one of those issues where if you're a Joker fan, you should pick this up because this issue kind of gives you a little bit of a surprise at the very end. This is the series that Steve Niles from 30 Days of Night has been working on, and this is something that if you are interested in the Joker or just a standalone story for Batman, this is a good one to do. One of the first things I want to mention is the very first page in this comic. They have the character Midnight, who is the villain in this... The main villain in this series crashes into a charity event that Bruce Wayne is hosting. At the bottom, there's a bunch of liquor bottles that have smashed, and there's all kinds of normal stuff you would see at a party. Beer bottles, beer cans, wine bottles. What I found really interesting after I looked at this a second time was that the name, the, the brand names for all of the liquor bottles are all somehow related to someone who was involved with the issue. So with Steve Niles, it says, Old, Fine Old Niles Whiskey. <laughs> 
So I just thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, the basic story is mid this character Midnight uh, crashes this charity ball that's being hosted by Bruce Wayne. And then Man Bat out of nowhere comes in, is really ticked off with Midnight, says that he screwed him over. He basically bites this character Midnight. And then Bruce Wayne comes out of nowhere with a little dart and tranquilizes Manbat. Manbat gets arrested. Commissioner Gordon unmasks this character Midnight, and they find out it's actually a police officer with tape over his mouth. So they've realized that it couldn't have been the police officer. He must have been switched out at some point because he rode with Commissioner Gordon to the event. And then the story continues. Something that's been going on throughout a lot of these issues is that Bruce Wayne is kind of having a relationship with this detective that works for... Gotham Public Works. Her name's April Clarkson. I've, she's really never come up in any other comic except for this series that I've that I know of, based on my research. But then you go on, and Batman decides that he has to get a hold of uh, Man Bat before the people at Arkham Asylum try to do some kind of electroshock therapy with him. Batman uses a, I guess, antidote to get Man Bat to turn into Kirk Langstrom. Once he turns into Kirk Langstrom, he gives Batman some necessary information that helps Batman try to get a little bit more information about this character Midnight. Then Batman meets this character Midnight on the roof of the Dunkirk Tower the next night, and after this character Midnight takes four jars out with different hearts in them, one labeled Thief, one labeled Liar, another one labeled Deviate, and the other one named Killer, Batman basically says, I don't, you know, you're over, you're done with, and Batman punches him in the face, and then all of a sudden a bomb goes off, Batman gets blown off, and this character Midnight disappears. Then at the very end of the story, there's this real estate agent who is standing in front of a house that says condemned. This character Midnight pulls up, tells him, oh, uh, it looks like a fixer-upper. Uh, okay, let me let me go inside and look at it. They go inside, and then all of a sudden, this character Midnight takes off his mask, and suddenly you realize it's the Joker. Oh, awesome. Kills the real estate agent, and he says, this is going to be the best Halloween ever. And then he goes into his little laugh, and then the next issue is trick or treat if you dare. Because it'll be the issue that comes out right before Halloween. <laughs> oh, wow. That is awesome. Yeah. It was definitely a surprise ending, and I know a lot of people aren't big fans of this series because a lot of people don't really like the artwork. As a Ultimate Batman fan of comics, I pick up all of the Batman comics, so this is one that I've always been getting, but never really enjoyed it that much, but this little surprise at the end of this one has made it worth it. And that's why I think I'm going to have to get I know when um, me and Chris were talking about it, we weren't interested, because mainly because of the artwork. But uh, more and more, we when we talk more about it, more and more I wish that I put it on my comic list on my comic store so uh, I think I'm gonna more than likely <laughs> go in and start adding it on there all right so that's gonna bring us right into our last one which is Superman Batman number 52 okay and this issue okay guys this is one of those issues where it's so cute that you gotta own it it's the it's like Little League meets their bigger counterparts and they're going against the little villains. 
Now, the cutest part of this is the way that the, the course, the characters are drawn. Of course, the little villains come into Earth, I mean, into our time. And uh, they're small, and they're, they're realizing that this world is very different from their world. And uh, one is apparent that where the Joker had hit the guy, and he goes, no, you know, he's just bleeding and stuff. Like, he goes, hmm, and he goes, he goes I wonder what his gun can do. So he, he shoots the gun, he goes, whoa, recoil, and he shoots uh, Hush and Brainiac. <laughs> And Lex is standing over there, and, of course, a little Two-Face comes in right behind him, flipping a little coin, looking real cute. And he comes in, and uh, Lex Luthor's, like, right there. And, uh, you know, he's like, man, we might have fun in this world. And so the story story is is basic. The Little Leaguers meeting, of course, meeting up with their counterparts, the, the, big, the bigger versions of them. And it's just so funny because... The little Batman is just the same way as the big Batman. <laughs> and that's awesome. And then in, in this issue, the little villains actually realize that they can be more destructive and more violent in this world. And they do accomplish that. What happens is that they break into the Hall of Justice. And once they break in, Lex Luthor uses the father box on many Doomsday to make him a big Doomsday. Okay, and so many Superman takes them in out to into outer space. What happens next, guys, is pretty sad. It just we're Batman fans, but at the same time, when this happened, it was it was really sad. So, and these guys are really cute. the The artists on this did a wonderful, wonderful job in drawing the the little leaguers, the little villains, and of course the the normal size. Uh, uh, Justice League. So, this book is a must pick up. Superman, Batman 52, must own. Okay, so I just want to give a thank you out to Spencer and the person that goes by the name Joker's Wild, aka John, for leaving us some reviews on iTunes. I appreciate that. And then there was just one email that I received. That I wanted to go over came from Ash. Now, if you listened to our last episode of the Normal Podcast last week, you heard that we discussed the possibilities of what could happen at the end of our IP. Well, I received this email that I figured I should read it on the comic cast since it does pertain to the comics, and it's from Ash. It says, Hi Dustin, it's Ash. Just listen to the podcast, and I think I know who will replace Bruce as Batman. And that person is, drum roll please. Wally West. I'm, I'm sure your reply to this is no way, but I have some proof, sort of. In Flash number one, at the back, there's a picture of the Batman suit coming out of the Flash's ring. They brought Barry Allen back as the Flash, so he'll be the Flash for which DC focuses on. And it'll leave Wally standing behind Barry's shadow, because they don't need another Flash. They have two already, and along with Barry, that'll make three. I do agree with you that they won't kill Bruce, because he'll probably come back and be Batman someday. Because, as we all know, heroes never truly die. Your idea about Hush becoming Batman is possible if you read the latest detective comics like I have from Ash. So that was a, kind of an interesting... I never would have imagined Wally West. And I don't have Flash number one, but that really makes me wonder, hmm, as well as, you know, a thousand other things. Yeah, that made me say, what? Then again, anything can happen. So, Ash brings up an uh, interesting factor. <laughs> so, if, uh, if that can happen, ooh, <laughs> that, we're in for some storylines then if that happened. Yeah, and it would be interesting to see how all those storylines would play out. 
Alright, so on to upcoming releases for the next two weeks. Uh, on October 29th, we've got the Joker graphic novel like we talked about earlier. Then we have Superman and Batman vs. Vampires and Werewolves number 2 of 6. Superman Batman number 53. And then, as we talked about earlier as well, Superman Batman The Search for Kryptonite. The only one coming out on November 5th is going to be the trade paperback that we talked about earlier, Nightwing Freefall. Which means... The following weeks after that, we're going to have an enormous amount of Batman comics that are going to be coming out. As for the shortbox collection, due to the low response that we've gotten to the shortbox collection, we are for now going to postpone it indefinitely for the time being until we get a little bit more listenership for the comic cast. And I guess we have some issues that people actually are interest, more interested in. So, um, if right. you have an issue with this, send us an email letting us know that you got a problem with us cutting out the short box collection. Otherwise, the email address is comicpodcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. We'll take it into account, and if we get enough response, then we'll bring it back. So, that about wraps everything that we've got up for this episode. Um, to cover what we're going to be doing in the next episode, the very first one we're going to start off with is going to be Batman number 60, part of the R.I.P. storyline. Uh, we're going to cover the the last issue of the Batman Strikes number 50. We're going to cover Nightwing number 149, Batman Confidential number 22, Detective Comics number 849, Simon Dark number 13, and then finally, after a long, long wait, Two-Face two Year One number 2 of 2. We will be covering those on the next podcast, so if you are hyped to hear about those, like I said, send us an email, comicpodcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. Let us know your opinions on the podcast. Right, guys, and don't forget, anybody that's going to Dallas, write us and meet up with us, because we will be at WizardCon. So like I said, that about wraps everything up. Uh, this is Dustin. And this is Apple. And you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. We'll see you later, guys.